Alright, today we're going to be talking about making the most of the moment. Um, two weeks ago was our God you do again service. The God of all creation visited us powerfully in this place. And uh, I mean, praise God. You know, I'm still basking in, in, in the fury of the moment. And uh, I mean, this past Sunday was also an amazing time. You know, declaring the word of God over us, saying it is a new dawn. So, I mean, for me, I, I felt that there's, there's something going on right now. But, you know, it's very easy for things to be going on in the spiritual and for us to be around and not be able to connect to it. So today we're going to be talking about um, Elijah uh, and how in his own time also so, something new was happening. It was like a new dawn was breaking forth for him and, uh, and um, he, I, how he connected and uh, what happened and on and on. So we're, that's the, but the opening is more like a question I'm asking. It's been declared over us saying that um, a new dawn has broken for us. Amen. You know, so the question is, do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Or if you don't, it's fine, you know. I, I mean, anybody who wants to, do you believe or you don't believe and you want to share on your, or your position, whichever position, anybody? Whether you believe that indeed a new dawn has broken or you don't. Anyone? Okay. Someone there? I do believe. You do believe? Yeah, and that is because uh, Good. Um, after the Sunday of the God We Do It Again service, I, I had to travel and something terrible happened. I was traveling because of my dad who was here. I was supposed to leave on Saturday, but somehow Pastor Bola, with my issue, they said, okay, I should just do that after service so that I take the anointing oil alongside with me. I uh, trying to board a vehicle. I got this goods was filled up. I found my way to Ojota. Then I got a private vehicle who were just bad guys anyway. So called the whole story short. While I was inside the car, I wrote the name of my dad and opened the anointing oil and sealed it inside of it. I remember those days in the world we used to we used to practice all sort of witchcraft where we want to deal with somebody, put their name in a bottle, enchant all others and whatever. But the good news is that while I was being held, I was in coma for two days. My dad was here and the doctor said to me, as at the time, I finally got to be in that I don't know what happened to them. So couple with this and some other uh, messages, pastor has been preaching and during the session of prayers before the God will do it again service, and coupled with what just happened to me, I believe a new dawn has happened. Because when I woke up, I found myself in the hospital with an anchor. And the police said to me, they find me lying lifeless behind a car where they found two human beings head. Before that, I have sent a text message to Pastor Bola, hinting him what was happening, that he should please help me Google the nearest Federal Highway Patrol within Orehasis, XYZ. And that's a test. They found it on my phone. That was what saved me. Praise God. I believe in you, Don. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Things are happening, as you can see. Amen? Great. All right. We'll be reading our text from 1 Kings 18, 40 to 46. 1 Kings 18, 
40 to 46. I will read. It says, um, Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all. And Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go, get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, the servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his clothes into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So, this uh, story we just read, the backdrop of it is the fact that... Um, Elijah had just confronted, the popular story, Elijah had just confronted the prophets of Baal, and God had given him victory, and uh, they had, I mean, take, uh, uh, killed all of them. And uh, prior to this, Elijah had suspended, he had sent the rain over Israel on suspension. And uh, so, I mean, since he had achieved what he wanted to achieve, which was to cleanse the land, I mean, um, he decided to allow the rain to come back. So he called it forth from where and there, there was a new dawn of like a, a new rain falling on the, uh, in the environment. But what is key here is that we need to understand what went on in this scripture that we just read. Because it's similar to the experience we've had right now. At the God you do against service, God came down mightily. And just like Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal, we believe very strongly that all the false prophets, all the things contending against us, contending our destiny, contending against our destiny in God, God has dealt with them. Just the way God dealt with the prophets of Baal, God has dealt with them. And if you look at it, you would think, just like Elijah experienced, since God had already dealt with, the, with the, the prophets of Baal, why did Elijah have to struggle again to still call forth rain? Why is he having to go and check seven times and on and on? It should just come easy, right? There should be nothing holding it anymore. So those are the things we're going to be learning today. So I attacked the seven things to do to make the most of the moment. Because at that time, it was a critical time there were activities going on in the spirit, and Elijah had to connect and understand. So when we find ourselves in the, this kind of moment, like what we have now also, where we know that God has come down, he has dealt with all the forces contending against us, it's like a moment. So what do we do to make 
the most of this moment. It's, it's a new dawn for us. What do we do to make the most of this moment? So the first thing we need to do is for us to understand and know that we are fighting from a point of victory. We are fighting from a point of victory. We have to believe and, and, and behave like we know that the enemy is already defeated. We're not still struggling with the enemy. Because for Elijah, he knew, he saw all of them, he told the children of Israel, round them up, all the prophets of Baal. And the Bible says they killed them. So there was no more prophets of Baal anywhere. The same with us. The forces contending with us, God has given us victory over them. And we are operating right now from the point of victory. We're not still struggling with victory. We're not trying to get victory. We are already victorious. So maybe you want to look at your neighbor and say, my name is now Victor. My name is now Victoria. Praise God. So all the prophets of Baal, of the, of the Baal around us, they are already tamed. And we are fighting right now from the point of victory. So we have to be rest assured that the victory is already ours. The truth is that even though we are fighting from the point of victory right now, just as uh, we, we, we learned on Sunday, that we, we may still expect some form of resistance. But we, the, the guarantee for us, as Pastor taught us on Sunday, is that even though the resistance will be there, but we are sure that the resistance will crumble. It has to crumble. Isaiah 54, 15 to 17 says that if any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. Verse 17 says, in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. It says you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. And who are the people that will benefit from this? Listen, it says these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So this is the word of God concerning us. It's telling us and giving us an assurance that don't bother. You have already won. And you have to behave and carry yourself like you really, really believe that. Praise God. Second thing that we need to learn. Thing, second thing we need to do to make the most of the moment. Is that we have to rid ourselves of malice and hatred. Now, what do I mean by this? Look at Ahab and Elisha. They had not seen each other for three years. When they saw each other, I was, I've, I've just been thinking of how they met each other, what happened, what transpired when they met each other. And I'm tempted to play out a, a Nollywood script here right now. Am I allowed? I can behave like I use Nollywood. Or should I do it like Chinese film? So, Elijah appeared to 
Ahab. And Ahab looked at him. I said, Chai, you this useless guy. You are the one that has been troubling Israel. And Elijah said, I hope children are not here. Your father. <laughs> you can imagine when someone annoys you to this point that you don't even know how to respond. You have to curse his family. He says, your father and all the people in your household that are troubling Israel. There was beef amongst them. Why am I so sure? If you go back to uh, when even Elijah was introduced in the Bible, in 1 Kings um, 16. Okay, no, 1 Kings 17, uh, verse 1. It just says, that's the first time Elijah was mentioned in the Bible. It just says, now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. There's no background to this story. He just appeared in front of Ahab and told him that there is no rain. Something must be wrong. So I backtrack a little. Verse 16, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 16. Chapter 16 from verse 29 talks about Ahab's uh, reign and what he was doing. So I'll read from 29. It says, Ahab's son of Homri began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 22 years, but Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the, in the Lord's sight, even more than any of the kings before him. And as though it were not enough to follow the example of Jeroboam, he married Jezebel, the daughter of the king of, of, the, of King Etbal of the Sidonians, and he began to bow down in worship of Baal. First, Ahab built a temple, an altar for Baal in Samaria. Then he set up an Asherah pole. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. So, my conclusion is that probably Elijah, seeing how Ahab was living, how Ahab was ruling Israel and leading the children of Israel astray, he had gone to meet with him. He had gone to talk to him. He had gone to show him, tell him, and look, there is a God in heaven, bigger than Baal, better than Baal. And he is the one that the children of Israel are supposed to follow. And obviously, Ahab didn't listen to him. Then chapter 17 kicks in. I said, okay, if you are not going to listen, I will show you that there is a God. What am I going to do? I seal off heaven right now over you. And that's what happened. So when they now met after three years, and the drama had ensued, and Elijah, God had given him victory. Surprising thing is that Elijah was on the side of God. Ahab was on the side of the prophets of Baal. The Bible says fire came from heaven, consumed everything consumed uh, 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 as in the, all the, the offering of uh, Elijah. They, they arrested all the prophets of Baal. They killed them and they left Ahab who was the leader of the Baal of the, uh, as the one leading them. Praise God. This is someone that 
they had beef for each other. Now, when Elijah wanted to connect into the new dawn, which is for the rain to start falling, the first thing he even said was, go and eat. I mean, that for me was big. Because you would expect that he would even be telling God and say, God, take this guy among, along with the, the prophets. But what did he do? He came with love. He said, Oga, this is time for you to go and eat because it's going to be a heavy rain. So what do we need to learn from this is that we, we also need to search our hearts. Who are the people that we're holding grudge against? Who are the whole people we're, having, we're beefing that we have issues with? Elijah's issue with Ahab was mainly because Ahab was not for what he believed in. There are people in our lives that we are only not in good terms with them simply because they are not for what we believe in. And that makes us enemies, in quotes. We're learning today that no, we shouldn't be. Because while it is okay, like Elijah did, to allow your enemies to feel the power of God, but we must be clear to continuously show them the love of God. Elijah said, okay, you don't agree that this my God is God, right? No problem. You will see the power of God. But for Ahab, what he extended to him was the love of God. We need to know that the battle is not ours to fight, but the love of God is ours to give. And we must be deliberate about this. Elijah looked at Ahab and said, Ahab, it's time to go to, to eat. He didn't ask for the fire to consume him. He extended love instead of hate. Even though the hate had been piling up for years. So at this point, maybe we just want to share of an experience where people had done us evil. And we had been, um, what's the word to use now? We wanted to actually pay back with evil. But we cautioned ourselves and we paid, out, paid back with love and how did it play out? I don't know if anybody has an experience like that. Someone paid you, did evil to you or did wrong to you and you had the opportunity to do the same thing. But rather you chose the way of love. Anybody? There's a hand there. Okay, there's a hand in the choir. Anybody else so that we can know? Okay. All right, let's go. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think this actually happened, I think this morning, or was it yesterday night? Um, a former classmate of mine in secondary school. I don't know. There's always been some beef that I've always loved her, but a lot of, you know, whatever. So just recently, we were in a group together, and she just kept attacking everybody. And I went out of the group, and I told her, you know, that she needs to show some respect and all that. I think that was an error that I made. Nobody has abused me like that in my life. 
she rained down abuses on me. Like chapters of what I didn't know about myself. You know, and I just said, thank you. And I blocked her. So this, I think it was this morning, or yesterday, I think yesterday, she had lost her father. And another person in the group now said we should reach out because she had had problems with everybody in the group. You know, so I just unblocked her. And I asked her, I said, please forgive me for saying that I, I didn't want to be in a group with somebody like you. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. You know, when I, when I wrote that, I was thinking if she had to respond, what would she be sorry about? Because the abuses were much, you know. <laughs> that was the only thing I, I thought I, I said wrong for saying I didn't want to be in a group with her. So I picked on that point and I said I was sorry. Then I told her that um, I just want to extend my sympathies to you and uh, pray that God will grant you journey mercies and provision for your father's burial. Extend my greetings to your mom and your siblings. And, you know, God bless you and all that. You know, I think that was an icebreaker because she didn't expect that I will come back to her, you know, with everything that she had said about me. You know, she responded in love and said so many things, but I just thought I had done what I should do. And that, you know, anger and all that was in exchange for love. And I think that has dissolved whatever beef she has against me. She did not expect that I would come to her like that, you know, and be sorry for what I didn't do, you know. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> yes, praise God. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Yeah, at times it's okay for us to, for, for the sake of the life of the person that you're dealing with, it's okay for you to be sorry for what you didn't do wrong. Because the person may just not understand where you are coming from at that time, and your apology can just, like you said, the icebreaker. Praise God. Praise God. So, we will all have that grace to be able to say sorry for what we have not done wrong. Amen. Third thing that we need to do to make the most of the moment, verse 42. Don't stop praying. What did I say? Don't stop praying. In verse 42, um, okay, I'll read. It says, So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Elijah just called fire from heaven. As in, I don't know how, uh, I don't know the kind of miracle that can. I mean, there are not very few, many miracles that are bigger than that. Just called fire from heaven. And here he was asking for rain. And he has to be still continue, continue to pray. You would expect that the presence of God is still everywhere. All he has to do is to just snap his finger. But what did he do? He continued praying. The God do against service has just gone past. That was just the day that went past. The presence of God is still around here. The power of God is still mightily present here. But for us to be able to activate it, for us to be able to 
kickstart it, to, not, not kickstart is the right word now, to activate it, to, to make it work, to make it work for us. Because I believe God that even now, if, you, if, 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 if people with uh, afflictions, people disease, people trouble, as they still step into this place, even now, God will still answer them in the mighty name of Jesus. But we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to pray. We need to keep adding fuel to the fire that has been started. We need to keep adding fuel to the fire that has been started. The fire has been started at the God you do in this service. The fire is burning. If the fire doesn't have fuel anymore, it's going to, it's going to fade out. Praise the Lord. You may want to ask, oh, <laughs> the enemy is defeated, so why should I pray? No, that's even the reason why you need to pray more. To sustain your victory. To sustain your victory. As pastor taught us on Sunday, after the prophetic comes the pragmatic. Pragmatic means taking action. Deliberate action. No matter how much the presence of God is here right now, we can, see, we can still stimulate it to even be higher still. Praise God. There's still always a higher level with God. You know, uh, on Sunday when Pastor was talking about uh, what the, 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 the things that uh, only him can do for himself, about um, after we had the God of the game vigils, we're all charged up, you know, prayed through the vigil. Then we're all going home. But he doesn't go home immediately, at least not to rest. But he still goes again in front of God, worshiping and praying more and more while all of us go back to our homes to go and rest. That's an example of someone keeping the fire burning on our behalf. You know, I was just thinking about it today. Imagine if every one of us continues to just do that how much you know we're talking about okay anybody enters into the premises of this place cripples enter into this place and they'll get healed if all of us begin to do the same thing like pastor is doing i'm sure if any cripple gets into the whole of lucky environment they'll get healed because the power it, it, it will be so intense and this is very possible we just need to keep the what? The fire burning. We need to keep the fuel, keep adding the fuel to the fire. And God will not allow the fire in our lives to die out in the mighty name of Jesus. The next thing that we need to do to make the most of the moment is what happened in verse 43. Verse 43, it says, Then he said to his servant, Go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. The fourth thing we need to do to make the most of the moment is that we need to set a vision. We need to get a vision. He says, Go out and look out towards the sea, meaning, Go and set a goal. You will only see 
as far as you can see. You can't run with someone else's goal. You can only see as far as you can see. Praise God. And again, what you see is your choice. So when the guy went to the beach, to, to the sea, and they told him, look into the sea, he could have said, okay, I saw some fishing boats and came back. That's all he saw. He could have said he, didn't, he only saw sand or he just saw a vast amount of water. What you see is what you will get in computer terms. They call it WYSIWYG. That's the acronym that we were there. What you see is what you get. And it's so profound because what you can envision, what you can envision, what you can picture in your mind is what will be delivered to you. What you see, only you can see it. What you, what, what you see, no one else can see it the way you see it. And the bigger, the, 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 the clearer you, the, the, you can, the bigger the vision you can see. You know, we talk about no small dreams in, in God's favorite house. There was a time I, I, I had a, a, a stimulating experience. Let me put it that way. Stimulating, something that jolted me to, to begin to, to, to dream better. I, I was just coming out of paid employment then and uh, I was trying to set up my business and um, I was trusting God that, okay, I mean, if I can just get this business bearing correct and uh, I'm able to pay all my bills, uh, build a small house, you know, just, you know, the way we just plan and just want to just be comfortable. And um, I was cool. I was, that was all I was asking God for. Until one day, I met a woman who came and wanted counsel. And I, I mean, I looked at her. She was just probably like my age mate or, you know, my income bracket in quotes. That's what I thought. So I was comfortable. I just leaned back and was asking questions while I was talking. And here she was talking about I've been in a business with some partners, and the partners now wanted to cheat her. So I don't know why I even asked what the amount was. She said, um, actually, what they are planning now is for me to just make a profit of 100 million. <laughs> I said, okay, so how much are you supposed to pay no make normally? She said, eh, maybe 300 million. That suddenly jolted me to like, Kule, what are you doing thinking of the little, little million before? Look at someone here talk, as in, let them come and cheat me at that time and give me 100 million. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She, as in, she came that we should pray that the, they won't cheat her. And we prayed, but you see, learning from me from that is no small dreams. No small dreams. No small dreams. Praise the Lord. And that has helped me to, I mean, when I'm, when I'm thinking, when I'm planning now, I know that there's no room for small dreams. Because when you think you are comfortable, you are okay, hey, you haven't seen nothing. Because there's abundance in the storehouse of God. 
So why limit yourself? Why limit yourself? And God wants to bring those things into your hands so that he can use you for his kingdom. And you know what, what I've come to discover again is that the vision you can catch with God is what God will feed. Is what God will feed. If you can't, God doesn't, is not a wasteful God. So if he knows that all you can see of yourself is a millionaire in Naira, he won't make you a millionaire in dollars. And it's not because he's wicked. He's operating within the capacity that you have. Praise God. So no small dreams. Eh? Say, tell your neighbor, say no small dreams. Set a big vision. You have to ask yourself, when you look into the sea, what do you see? Praise God. Fifth thing that we need to do to make most of the moment. I hope we are filling those small, small gaps, right? All right. So the fifth thing we need to do to make the most of the moment is not to lose faith. Same verse 43. Elijah sent the servants seven times. Elijah, the same one. He just called fire from heaven once. Fire from heaven once. Ordinary rain. is now sending someone seven times. It takes a servant that even has faith to continue going each time he says, go and check. It takes someone that really has faith because he would have said, Oga, we know how God works. You called him once, fire came down. You have called him first time, second time, third time. Maybe he's not interested in this one. Leave him now. Abi? But it took a man of faith, that is the servant now, that stood there and said, I should go again, I'm going to check. I should go again, I'm going to check. There may be something that you are trusting God for. Keep checking. Keep waiting and keep checking. Keep checking because it's sure to come. The movie we watched on Saturday, Facing the Giants. How many of you were here on Saturday? Okay, those of you that were not here, check your head. That movie, Facing the Giants, remember the scene where the lady went to, wanted to go to check whether she was now pregnant? Right? She was discouraged. She was like, I've gone there. I'm beginning to feel embarrassed. Someone said, just go. And lo and behold, she went. And she was pregnant. Because the revelation awaits an appointed time. Though it tarries. I'll put my jar now. Chill. Cool down. Relax. Wait. It will surely come to pass. Praise the Lord. When, 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 when we are looking, when you are, for me, faith in this instance is, is waiting on God and checking until you receive what you are believing God for. The faith is waiting on God and checking until you receive what you are believing God for. This may mean you seeing only baby steps right now. But trusting in the giant steps that will follow. But just keep there. 
keep there. I want us to give examples of how we have used our faith based on a word that you heard concerning your situation. Anybody? Maybe there has been a time that you had a word. You knew that this word was what you wanted. But you were not seen, but you keyed in. You locked in on that word until the word became manifest in your life. Is there anybody that wants to share? Okay, someone else in the choir again. Like pastor says, reliable choir. God bless. Yeah. Praise God. Um, actually had to do with my promotion at work. Promotion um, at work. A whole lot has actually been happening um, before then. Um, well, I, I know um, the blessing comes with the tithing and all that, so I felt, oh, fine, you know, all my tithings are correct, so I don't know what is going on, and I do my job very well. Um, up for me to be in a service one day, and, you know, pastor has actually been repeating PTL and PTL, but I don't really see myself in it, you know. I was like, I'm not, how much is my salary? I'll start doing PTL, you know, so... Um, then he, you know, he emphasized on it. And um, I can remember then that what I actually had in my account was nothing to write home about. When I got home, I became very worried. The Spirit of God was telling me, just give, just give. Then what I did is Monday, I, when I got to work, I just withdrew everything. Gave us my PTL. Then um, the next month, um, I keyed in into governors of wealth. So I asked God, how much should I give? And he gave me the specific amount. I did that. That same month, my promotion came. You know, it came and everybody was actually surprised because it's the same person that has been, has been on my case that spoke for me. She has actually been the one blocking the whole thing. She was the person that still went forth and fought for me. And that same week, I got promoted. I, I want to give God the praise. Even there was not just promotion, there was addition, you know, financially. And since then, things have really been growing well for me. Give God praise. Praise God. You see, that's the power available in the world. When the word has been released, it doesn't come back until it has accomplished that which it is sent for to do. Praise God. Okay, someone else is there? Oh, okay. After, after her. Praise God. Um, early this year, I was believing God for my um, postgraduate school fees. And there was a time, a limit to when it becomes late for the payment. It was a huge amount. But I held on, there was the um, previous God would do it again service of last year, where um, the word of God was released through Pastor Ayobami in um, Psalm 34 verse 5. That talks about the feed, um, the they that look up to God, their lives are radiated and their faces are never covered in shame. So I held on to that word. I kept on believing and kept on hoping, even when everywhere looks like nothing was working. And to the glory of God, I got more than my school fees. Hallelujah. More than. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's like invoking the word. Yeah, you know, you, you hold on to it. You tune it, tune it, tune it, tune it until it happens for you. Praise God. Let's go. Praise the Lord. It happened in, um, I think, 2013 when pastor was um, preaching about breaking altars. There was 
a prophetic word that he gave, you know, during God We Do It Again service in 2013, when he said that things will shift in the spirit for us. I received that word, I chewed that word, I swallowed that word. And I remember then, I had only a son, and he was telling me that the sisters, they have siblings, he was the only one, that he wanted a brother. I said, okay. And he was past like five years. That year, 2013, I was in a group and I made a comment before the end of 2013, if I'm a living God, that I was going to get pregnant. So when pastor said that, and it was in around October, and I made that comment, say, like around June, and, and, and I've forgotten about it. But when he made that comment, the spirit reminded me that statement I made that people were watching. I knew I had to pray. Even pastor had given the word. So I held that word, I chewed it, I swallowed it, and I started praying. I noticed, of course, in, um, that was October, November, I saw my period, December, I saw my period. But behold, first week of um, January 2014, I was feeling funny. I felt maybe I had an infection or something. I went to the hospital, they ran all the tests, and nothing was seen. And I mentioned to the doctor, I said, can I run pregnancy test? He said, how about, are you still expecting to have more children? I said, well, he called the lab and said, if they still had my blood, if they've not discussed that they should run a pregnancy test, and behold, it became positive. And when I did a scan, I found out that I was pregnant, I think two months wow. you know, previously. That was wow. that period. That was how God worked. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amazing. Praise God. The word, once it is spoken, it has to happen. It has to happen. Praise God. Okay, sixth thing that we need to do to make the most of the moment is that we need not, we don't, we can't despise little beginnings. We can't despise little beginnings. Verse 44 and 45, I'll read very quickly. We're running out of time. He says, finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. So the servant saw only a small cloud. But Elijah did not despise the small cloud. Elijah immediately could picture a huge downpour and immediately started preparing for it. Praise the Lord. God will usually respond in the size and the capacity at which you are asking or demanding. You know, Pastor calls it like the sponge. Uh, it's like a sponge. If you go to God like a dry sponge, it's going to soak, it's going to fill you up. If you go to God with a small cup, you will come back with a small cup filled. If you go with a big bucket, you will come back with a big bucket full. If you go with a tanker, you are going to come back with a tanker full. Praise God. I remember uh, uh, years ago when we, we, we were in the other ch uh, old church uh, and uh, I, was, I was the youth pastor then. 
So we had a youth church that we used to run our services separately. And um, at the time, we were struggling to grow in number. So what would happen was maybe, uh, maybe attendance, just for purpose of uh, discussion, let's say uh, uh, for purpose of explanation, let's assume our attendance on a particular Sunday was 40 this Sunday. So next week Sunday, we'll only make arrangements for maybe like 45 chairs. And maybe we'll get 42, 43, but it's never full. And we were just growing very, not at the rate at which we, we really would like, until I had a discussion with Pastor. Pastor said, no, 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 that's not how it works. That you need to set up the capacity of what you want God to fill. So he says, if you are 40 and you want to go to 80, put 80 chairs down. And guess what? We started trying it. We put 80 chairs down. Instead of doing, getting 42 attendance, we get 65. We put 120 down. We get 100. Why? Because God will feel what you make available in front of him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's what you put in front of him that he's going to feel. He's not a wasteful God. God will not say, okay, these people consistently put fewer chairs and keep sending people that will come and stand. Doesn't work that way. Praise God. So don't despise those little beginnings. Trust God. Bring before him not a small vessel, but a huge vessel. Think big and you'll see how it will fill up whatever you put before him. God usually will fill the vessel that we bring to him in faith. He won't give you more because he doesn't... It won't give you more than the capacity you can take because he doesn't want wastages. Praise God. Seventh thing that we need to do, seventh and last thing, is that we need to trust God for strength to pull through. We need to trust God for strength to pull through. When we are in this kind of environment, the moments that we are in right now, we can't do anything on our own. We have to lean on God 100%. Verse 86 says that, Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. The Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his clothes into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance. This was a chariot. I mean, Arab's chariot would probably would have, been, would have been drawn by the finest horses in Israel at that time. The most well-fed horses in Israel. Remember, there was, there was scarcity. There was famine in the land. But this was the king's horses. And Ahab, the Bible says God gave him strength. And he outran Ahab's chariot. What I, what I pick from that is that God has the capacity to strengthen you against, uh, even, even in the midst of your adversaries, in the midst of oppositions, the strength that you need to outshine them, to outrun them, you can only find it in God. Which is why it is absolutely, absolutely important at this point. If you are here, you don't have a relationship with God. All that we've been talking about is just grammar. Because it's, I mean, I pray it will work for you, praise God. But if you want to be sure that all these principles we are talking about here will work for you, then it's about time you want to turn and have a proper relationship with this God. So, 
At this point, all heads bowed. If you're here, you are not a Christian. You don't have a relationship with God and you'd like to give your life to Christ right now. You could just raise up your hand, receive a card from the ushers. You're not coming forward or anything. Just raise up your hand wherever you are. This God that has the ability to help you to chase a huge vision, this God that has the ability to, to, to make you outshine in front of your enemies, this God is here and wants you wants to have a relationship with you. So if you want to give your life to Christ, you are here, you are not born again. Just raise up your hand wherever you are and receive a card, not the children. Okay, there's nobody. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so we'll round it up with our commit for today. So we can, we can read the commit together. Let's read together. I want to go. It says, Father, I, I thank you for the dawn of a new day. Let's read it together, not after me. Let's read. Let's start all over again. One, two, go. Father, I thank you for the dawn of a new day. I commit to take action and walk in the reality of it. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Because I'm a tassie and they were